Hello, everyone. This is Kote. This episode, I've got a discussion that my friend Barton George and I had after uh, I gave a keynote at DevOps Days Dallas. The new role that Operations has in supporting application developers, you know, building a platform on top of Kubernetes. But before we get to that, I want you to go to spring.io and check out the conference that we have coming up December 6th to 8th, 2022. In case you're listening to this in the the future, I hope it's turned out well for my sake and yours as well. Anyhow, if you go to spring1.io, you can check out the talks we have there from application development and the java.net and other world, doing things like DevOps and SRE, operation stuff, and then agile software development and case studies of how large organizations have succeeded at it. Maybe even some of how they failed. You know, there's plenty of Kubernetes stuff if you're into that area. Anyhow, go to spring1.io and check it out. And when you register, you can use the code COTE200, that's C-O-T-E-200, to get, you guessed it, $200 off registration. Back to the discussion. So Barton and I had just started talking about a summary of the talk that I have. And as you'll see, we move into kind of thinking about what it means as operation staff to support application developers and how they can start thinking about their new customers and working uh, best for them. Developers. I was going over a talk about how uh, when it comes to the, the stacks of the platforms that we use to run the software that organizations uh, build and run, their software, that uh, we tend to sort of like rebuild the stack every five to ten years or so. And the, the premise was that we're at the beginning of rebuilding the stack with, with Kubernetes and things like that. And that uh, it, it was kind of going over like, so we're going to be rebuilding our stack. What can we learn from the past times that we have rebuilt it? Uh, ways that... Um, kind of like the way that you develop that stack out, the way that you run it, kind of the, the frame of mind that you have so that uh, we don't have to like reinvent everything. And the reinventing everything is not so bad. It's more, we don't have to uh, lose time and make the mistakes. We can kind of, instead of just completely getting rid of everything and uh, starting afresh, we can incrementally improve from, from where we are and help things out. And I'm remembering now, Barton, that I left off how did I skip this slide? I wasn't taking it out. I had a whole jag about bimodal IT in there. Mm. That, uh, that was Gartner. I used to see that. That, that, that. that was Gartner. Okay. Now I forget. I wonder what happened to that slide. I better go look. And because I might have left it in Detroit. But, the, but basically, the idea that you had the fast part of the company, you also had the right, 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 aligning right. part of the company. And right. Neither the twain shall meet. Yeah. And, and that, that was, I mean, this is a very niche thing that it doesn't exist to go into right away here. But that was the point that I was trying to make is that, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's very easy as, as technology people, especially ones at a, at a conference, to like be focused on this interesting new thing that's great. And just sort of like neglect all the stuff that exists, and and uh, and not really like try to bring everyone uh, along necessarily. And also like any chance I get to point out the the madness several years ago that was this whole bimodal like scruffle. Like I'm pretty sure most of the people complaining about it, you know, did spend the three thousand dollars to read the Garden PDFs. And uh, I don't know. It's one of those typical things of like. No one did the news story a year later. Well, Matt, let's 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 move on to. If you had some advice to give folks who were out trying to make this transition into this new space, as you say, we've got the, the Kubernetes uh, that for some people uh, they have started implementing, some people for like Google they they've been implementing it. Um, what would you? How would you tell people to look at it, and what should they be thinking about? Well, I think I think the the primary thing, especially if you're used to like. Uh, Traditional is the wrong word. The current dominant way of thinking about operations and infrastructure, sysadmining, whatever you want to call it. Um, you don't, when you're doing that, you're not really thinking so much about the, the 
developers, right? And, and so if you're building this stack out, it's, I think the first thing that is easy to overlook, just because you're not kind of used to thinking about this when you're doing, you're building infrastructure stuff, is that you're building this for developers, like they're your customer. Because the reason you're building this Kubernetes stuff, more or less, is to run that those custom written applications that your organization uh, uses. And so as you're building up this stack, you should find some of these developers because they are the people who are, that you're supporting and that you're, as they say, enabling, right? And so I think traditionally, if you look at like, um, if you're like a virtualization administrator or you're a storage administrator, like there are all these operations things, like you're a little too far removed from the developer side of things. Like you may not even be building infrastructure to run custom written software. You might be running some off the shelf thing or a cons, as they used to say. You might be doing all this administrative stuff. And so you, ha you can't really take that attitude because then you, you don't have a customer that you're building this stuff from. And that's, I think, that's the important thing to realize is that you are building a platform, right? And like, you're not gonna know what to build unless you know the customer that you're building it for. And you'll just end up building stuff you think is useful and cool and have no validation uh, if it's useful or not. And then you'll have a very well architected city that no one wants to live in. Good analogy. Well, so the other thing too is you also become the customer. Wouldn't you say in this new model? Because you're not just building it and giving it then to you, you're going to be part of that same product team with the developers. Right, right, right. And then you have to be, you have to implement what you, you built in support of the developers. Yeah. That's an interesting point, is that when you are building out this new platform, you're going to have to live with it, right? And, and so, like, you're not going to have, like, you know, in contrast, if, if you're using just, you know, VMware virtualization stuff, or you're using uh, the services that you get in a cloud, a public cloud, like, you don't really have a lot of choice in what the thing is. You're more learning how to use something. Whereas a lot of the people I talk with who are building up this platform, they're spending a lot more time customizing it to how they want to run, right? So it's something they're going to have to uh, live with afterwards. So yeah, it is important to think about as I'm building up this stack, how am I going to build something I want to use for the next three years, if, if, if not more. Or how am I going to improve my resume so I can get out of here? Exactly. <laughs> it's a bimodal thing again. There you go. That, that's actually what it was about. Yes. Um, so then you're going to, then also without, besides building infrastructure that's going to satisfy your customers, which are the developers, and then also making it something that will be usable for you because you're going to have to support it. Right. You're not, you yourselves also have to transition to be this new, to build this new skill set to support those developers. Right. So is that going on in parallel? Would you need to do, would you need to transition before you, you started designing based on the developer's needs? I think what I would say, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, still formulating the question in my mind from your question, is what you should start with is by creating the role of a product manager, which I don't, I don't think a lot of organizations have at, at all. Like, like in, in, in the IT world, right? Like you more have architects, project managers, and think people who like specify what software is supposed to look like, right? And then the operations layer, like, you know, we have the 
what you do is someone specifies, tell me what you, the performance characteristics you need for this infrastructure, for this platform, and then tell me all the security requirements that you have, and then I will put together, or I at the collender term, like we will put together a stack of infrastructure and the software above it that provide those capabilities, right? Um, but that's not really how you product manage something, like based on what needs someone has, well, based on the capabilities that they need. Instead, what you do is you talk directly with your customers, your developers, and you help them discover like what problems they have and the best ways to solve those problems. So for example, like it would be easy to say, and, and not wholly incorrect, but um, you would say like, oh, so we're building this platform based on Kubernetes, so we're gonna build out all the storage and the networking and the compute, and then we're gonna get the clusters up and running, and it's really easy to stand up a cluster and put that in put down and, and like, you know, shut down a cluster and it's secure and all that stuff. And then, you know, what's going to happen is then you're going to go to the developers who you probably haven't really talked with yet. And they're just going to be like, that's great. I spun up a cluster and now I don't know if you know how software development works, but I got a bunch of other stuff I got to do. Right. And so instead, if you start with the developers, you'll find that they do need uh, a place to run their stuff, you know, Kubernetes uh, cursor. But they also need to be able to do, uh, they need a build tool, right? And they need to, 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 something you alluded to is the developers are going to need to know, like, so if you want, if you, the operations people are going to support this in production, like, what do you want me to put in the code so you can monitor it? Like, what, how do you want me to package up the software so that it's easy to diagnose? And what way should I architect things so that it's easy to uh, deploy this stuff? like to various data centers, whatever, like all these sorts of things. That's interesting. So the infinite loop starts in the beginning. So right, all right. And so that's why I was saying, like, you should start talking with developers and realize that they're your customers, right? You're not just building infrastructure and capabilities that kind of map, like, we needed this capability that matches these numbers. Like, you're going to be co-developing this with, with developers, uh, product managing it. You all go out and talk to a lot of customers and so when, with the ones you're talking to, you've got the, so we're talking about the operations, you're talking about the app developers, but then there's the common entities or custom, uh -huh. right? And so how, and obviously the developers hopefully are, are thinking directly of what they need to deliver to support the business. Right. What about operations? How, how should they be learning about the end customer? Should they be doing that directly? Because otherwise, if it goes too many layers back, it becomes a game of telephone, right, uh, right. and then it gets all it gets distorted. Um, so, to what extent does operations need to directly understand the end user needs uh, and, and wants? Well, I, I think that. Well, I'll, I'll I'll do it in reverse order or whatever. But like, so I think it's what operations to think about more is the application development organization is their customer, right? So they should spend most of their time working directly with the, I'll just say developers. But when I say developers, I mean application developers. Right. They, they, they should spend most of their time working with and talking with the developers because that is very directly their customer. Now, there are, aside from themselves, as you pointed out, there are, there are at least two other constituencies they need to talk with, constituencies, customers, and that is the security people and the compliance people, right? So these are also going to be customers of theirs that they need to start consulting with, but that's 
We're trying to keep things brief. Right. So those would be internal customers. Right, right, right. And so I would, I, I think this is true. I mean, I would say that for the most part, that's who operations should talk with. Now, that said, uh, probably, especially when you're starting, you should have a good idea of who the actually how who your your organization's end users customers are, right? And I would even say that maybe like uh, as you have a new operations person come on, what they should probably do is go to those development teams and be like, hey, whatever you're doing to talk to our businesses customers, I want to do that for like a few weeks too, or, or like whatever, right? And so like, I mean, I think I think somehow you need to figure out like your operations people should kind of know when the customers do, right? And people who work in retail and banking, well, at least um, retail banking, not to choose let me put, but like banking that you and I would use, right? right? Uh, like they're kind of lucky because they understand what the customers do, right? But as you get into more and more exotic things and also internally facing things, like, yeah, you should probably make sure that at least on a quarterly basis, like you check in and you understand what the customers are doing, but it's better to spend all your time focusing on them, the developers, the security, and the compliance people. And so and when you do talk to customers to add yet another constituency, you've got the business itself, right? Yeah, well, is how do you see people organizing the business with the app developers, uh, with operations? Because in theory, business and, and, and uh, application developers should be in lockstep. And then, uh, yes, and then the operations should be supporting them. But so, how do you, how do you see your the customers you talk to organizing, and how would you, how would you advise them to organize? So I, I mean, I think there's, I don't know. Over the years, there's never like a great, helpful answer to that, right? And and because I think, you just go through cycles of like, uh, the the chain of people and organizations responsible for the application that the, the business is using, either internally facing or externally facing, is like an external entity to the business or it's part of the business, right? And I think, I mean, I don't know, this is like part of the art of product management. And I think that kind of, sort of, like the operations people, again, that's sort of not their concern, right? Like it's more of like the develop, the application team should be the one that's figuring out how to work with the business side, right? Because like, you don't, in the same way that like, I mean, let's reverse it, right? Like, so let's say, uh, you know, I mean, I know a lot of IT nerdy people who probably would enjoy this kind of thing, but like, let's say we're in a retail environment and the business comes over to the operations people, like you're not gonna talk to them about like, you know, trucking logistics or like, you know, how do I select which stuff to put on the end cap on Tuesdays, right? It's just like, we don't really need IT to give input on that, right? And similarly, like, when it gets down to the operations level, like, the business side doesn't really need to say, like, I don't know, have you considered SSD dress? Or like, you know, how's our gigadoodles doing? Right. Like, there's not really a lot that needs to interface in there. And instead, again, it's like, the product development people are more of the ones who which should be working very closely with the business. And I would, I mean, it feels like what ends up happening in that area is you have, I mean, it's always a weird phrase, the business, but you have people who are largely non-technical people who understand how the business operates, right? And they end up working sometimes daily, but very closely with those product managers on the application side. 
And until you really have those people working on a weekly basis together, like you don't really have the good uh, synergizing uh, between the two of them. But again, like, I mean, I don't know. This is always not, I don't know if this is the answer that, that people like, but like, I don't know, when it comes to operations, people worry about the developers. Okay, well, that's, that's, uh, that's good advice. So if we do, we end with the lightning round. I'll just, I'll, I'll give you some things and you just say the first thing that comes into your mind, but. Um, Ice cream. Yes, thank you, and you win. Thank you, everyone. Um, no, okay, Kubernetes. Uh, huh. I don't know. What, what's going to happen to it? What should we keep? Oh, I thought this is the first thing that comes to mind. Well, yeah, yeah, it changed rules, but uh, <laughs> I, I was thinking koala for some yes, reason. Exactly. Probably because they both start with K. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like every every kiss begins with K. Yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> hey, let's you ended it with K. Yeah, the jewelry. Yeah. Uh, so, I, I think yeah. I mean, I think after a long time of. of all of us in the industry trying to figure it out. Like, yeah, that, that seems to be what people want to run. Like, I think, I think the most interesting thing with Kubernetes, like I was realizing this on stage today, is I should stop saying public cloud, and I should just say cloud. Because like, there used to be, there still is a distinction of public versus private cloud, things like that. But like, I think increasingly, like, you know, when people say cloud, they just mean like the big public cloud stuff, right? And so what I'm curious with Kubernetes is like, like, if you're just using public cloud, cloud <laughs> stuff, like, do you need that? Like, and, and like, I guess another way of right. putting it is like, is all this interest in Kubernetes, is that a private cloud thing or, or a multi-cloud thing? But if you just wanted to use just one of the, the big public clouds, like does Kubernetes, is it really necessary? And I don't know, I mean, I think, I think you could equivocate I always forget if equivocate means what I think it does, but probably doesn't go on. You could, you could, you know, either answer. I could totally see that, you know, it goes either way. But I think that that would be the. Uh, I think that's what's at store in the future is figuring out like, do, do we need this thing uh, if we're not doing our own, building our own like data centers and private cloud stuff or edge? Right. Well, and so, always the edge. Yes, exactly. So that brings up the, and this isn't very lightning now, kind of the longer answers, but it's more it, like a rolling thunder. It, well, I like that. Um, the multi-cloud, when you hear multi-cloud, because you just started talking about distinctions, delineations that you see going away, do you see multi-cloud as a, uh, a, as a helpful term? And B, do you see it as a reality in that like, would you say that would become the reality that it's just this pastiche of uh, public cloud, private cloud, and, and then a, a mixture where you're, you're firsting over uh, and, and a bunch of different configurations? So mostly the second. Like whenever, nowadays, whenever I see the phrase or hear the phrase multi-cloud, I, I try to substitute in the word computers. And, and what I mean by that is, uh, like we used to have this phrase heterogeneous IT, which just meant like, uh, Windows, Linux, Unix mainframes. And from an IT person, from the IT department's perspective, it's like, oh yeah, we got all of that. Right? Right. And so what we need to be able to do is we need to be able to support and manage everything, right? right. Like we don't only have Windows, we, whatever. And so like, when I hear the phrase multi-cloud, what it's come to be to me is like, oh yeah, we're gonna be running stuff in the public cloud, we got some stuff over here, we got Edge. Right. And, like, and then we've got this thing, and again, in the scope of all of the stuff that I care about is scope to like an organization that is writing and running their own software that helps run their business, right? I think that 
an organization of any size that I end up talking with, which is large, right? They just like, uh, you know, they got a lot of different stuff. And so they would like to have as few tools and as few things to manage all of that as possible. So in that sense, like, and so I kind of go over that because I think when a lot of people say multi-cloud, the feeling that I get is they're talking about, we're going to build a system and an architecture of a new thing that involves multiple clouds, which sounds cool, right? Like you said, the word bursting, which is awesome. Right? Right. Like such a, such a fun word. Right. Uh, but like, really what I think it means is just like, yeah, we got a whole bunch of different stuff that like is not really compatible with each other, but we need to have a bunch of tools and ways of thinking that allow us to like manage all of it. Right. So it's something that happens more organically than something that, that you plan. And it's more from the outside. Inside out, those the outside in. Sure. At least in my head, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing. Some so, people like to go both ways. Yeah, exactly. Here, there, and everywhere. So if we talk about DevOps, because that's what you go out and talk about, how are you positioning that now? This is not lightning run anymore. We're getting back into some, some topics. But how are you positioning that to people? Are you, to customers, are you saying, really, you should be focusing on this instead? Are you saying DevOps is going to transition to that? Are you probably... Are you still pretty much using that as the, the framing for your discussions? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think to, to answer your question in a uh, circuitous mm-hmm. way, uh, for once, yes. uh, I, I think what I try to emphasize is a, a lot of what we were just talking about. There's two things I try to emphasize. One, I try to figure out if I'm talking to developers or operations people, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm talking to developers, I have a different sort of like prattle that right. I go through. And what's the, you said app developers. Yeah, um, yeah, it's, 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 yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sophisticated enough to know there's like many types of developers. Yes, that's good, good. That. But I believe that when most people say developers, they mean application developers. Right. So I shorten it that way because uh, I love conversation. Right. Um, and so I think that, so if I'm talking with operations people, the conversation I try to have with them is what we've been talking about is like, so you're going to be building and supporting a platform, right? I try to use this word platform instead of DevOps. What comes with that is like, sure, DevOps, right? But like, it's it's not in a bad way. It's just, it's too much of a term. And so I try to narrow it down to like, what you need to do is you're building a platform. And then we've we've discussed that already, right? But I try to steer this conversation towards like, so, if there were operations people who are now building a platform that's going to run the software in multi-cloud environment or whatever, like here is generally the way people go about doing that, what the platform looks like, uh, and, and all of that sort of stuff. Instead of kind of like going through the more traditional like, well, DevOps, so you got to automate this thing, and DevOps, apps, culture automation, measure, which is all which, which right. is all great, but I think right. like I think I think we're all cool with that. Right. Either, well, either that or it's something that, that confuses people. And I think either way, I like the idea of focusing on platform because yeah, yeah. it becomes something that's, that's tangible. Yeah. I think since day one, the thing that is like the DevOps is the multitude of meanings and the, the sort of the fuzziness around it. We all have sort of the same idea, but particularly people coming new to the to the concept or for trying to get to a second level of understanding platform is, is very helpful and, and easy right. to wrap your head around. And, and, and if I may uh, uh, meta comment myself further, yes, please. Like I, I feel like 
I always want to tell people something they can do, mm-hmm. not like some state they should be in, right? Like, and, and so like, there's a great place for in, in, in the computer world, the DevOps world, the product management world, all worlds of kind of saying like, wouldn't it be better if things were like this? And sort of pointing out like, you know, we, you know, this, this culture over here is horrible and this culture is better, right? And like, I've read all of that stuff and, and listened to it, but I, I always ask, like the frame that I have in my mind is like, all right, so this conference was fun and uh, then I'm gonna come back on Monday and like, I gotta do something, right? So like, what am I gonna do, right? And so like, you know, I haven't mentioned a lot of concrete things that you can do, but that's what I really wanna drive towards is like, even if it's small, like what's something you could actually start doing? So for example, had to talk with developers recently. Mm-hmm. Why don't you hire a product? Why don't you create a product manager role and go talk with the application developers, find out what they need, right? Like never, you know, like you're gonna end up building a platform. Like I, we, you know, most of us who are on the outside, we can tell you what you're gonna end up doing, right? But you're gonna be, end up doing it in a slightly different way and all those little edge cases, slightly different things are gonna be what matters. So like, we know what you're gonna end up doing, but first, just call up developers, find out your VP of applications or whatever nonsense is, and just talk with them and ask them what their deal is, what, how you can help them, what they need, and start there. Because you already know you're gonna build some Kubernetes thing. What else are you gonna do? Exactly, platform to manage platforms. Yes, as, as but you need some, some guidance or you're just gonna end up with like something that people don't wanna don't want it was too strong. Just like something that doesn't apply, like that is a mismatch for what people actually need. Yeah, and just thinking more as you're talking about platform, I like it because you're, you don't necessarily have to be talking about a specific platform like a Tanzu or an OpenShift. It's well, you always have to talk about it, huh? Yes, exactly. I'm, I forget who you work for, but uh, the. Uh, it's just the concept of whatever it is that's going to support application development and that's going to be supported by operations, that is what you can call a platform. Whether right, right, right. Whether it's a prepackaged bundle that you get, whether it's your own, uh, well, your own platform that you build, right. uh, I think that... And, and then the other, the other tangible thing, right, is that, like, um, and this is why it's important to go start talking to developers, is, like, from an operation standpoint, you focus on running the application, right? I mean, I mean, if you think about the process, it's sort of like someone gives me an application, I configure it and set it up, and now it's running in production. And then something goes wrong, and I figure out what's wrong with it. And those, I mean, uh, ludicrously whatevering it, but like that's kind of what's going on there. But if your customer is a developer, there's a lot more that's going on. So for example, uh, your developers have, will have like a pipeline like a whole process of how they ingest what, what the software needs to do, how they build it out, how they test it, how they automate things, like all sorts of things, right? And as you build out your platform, you're gonna find that like, oh, I guess you're gonna shift left. Like I should get involved in those tools more and more. And that's, I think, what a lot of DevOps groups do nowadays is they build these developer tools, but that also becomes part of this orbit of the platform that is something different than operations people do. Yeah, and I should also once again think you while you're talking. Uh, I should do more thinking while I do. <laughs> exactly, that's something I could do as well. But um, it, it doesn't mean, when I'm getting back to this idea of platform and you focus on, doesn't mean that you, you know that DevOps is not helpful. As, as I've thought about it, DevOps is the methodology that underpins modern IT and modern IT. Uh, yeah. 
is characterized well, by a I platform mean, model. I mean, if you think about it at the beginning, like DevOps, like Puppet and Chef and obligatory three other companies right. you always have to mention, right? But basically DevOps was, uh, we don't like the way that automation is currently done. We want to make automation more programmable, right? In fact, depending on which way you went, uh, like it was just a programming language or it was a, a, a DSL or whatever you want to call it. Uh, but we want to start having infrastructure as code, right? And so it wasn't a platform. The whole thing of DevOps was that we are going to program our infrastructure, right? It's going to be more programmatic versus whatever else was before then, right? And so like floppy disks that you walked around and it's, oh, that's right, service. that's right. And then as DevOps has progressed, like it always sways back and forth between like the technology and the culture, the technology and the culture, right? Because uh, one thing that I like that uh, Patrick Dubois said was he called it technical gravity, gravity and technology, basically that, that you try to pull it more to culture, et cetera, and you, you always get sad. Yeah, I, I mean, it always goes back, right? Because the two things enable each other, right? Like you get, a new sort of technology, like when the automation people came along, that freed up a lot of time and you had a new approach to doing it, which means I mean, Jevons paradox, that's where it, Yeah, that's right. Which means you could focus on changing the culture. And then you change the culture around long enough and you haven't been focusing on the technology and then the culture is in a good state and you gotta go back and like there's new technology. Now all of a sudden you've got containers that you can work with and that changes the stack and so you've got to spend some time with technology and then you go back up to the culture. So so you go from puppet and chef to Docker, right, right, and then and then so forth and so on. And now, now, uh, like a lot of us in the industry were just sort of farting around trying to figure out what we're going to do with Kubernetes or not do with Kubernetes. Finally, that's more or less resolved. And so now it's back to like we, the people who are doing DevOps or or whatever. Like now, it's sort of like, hey, here's the new box of stuff you need to do. So like, I think things hopefully are swaying back towards technology where just like now we need to get Kubernetes up and running, which is why going back to what you're saying, like the important thing there is that like what you're building is a platform, right? Like you're not, you're not just, it's not like the good, good times of the early days of DevOps where like, you know, really all you need to do is write a bunch of chef scripts. You get an A plus, right? You've done the DevOps. Whereas now it's more of like, you need to build a platform that your organization is going to use to make application development better, right? And that's like the technological focus that you have. So uh, do that platform stuff. It's interesting because there are so many more dependencies and Kubernetes is so much more involved and intricate to set up and maintain. It is a bit of a black box compared, and I may be wrong, but the Puppet and Chef, they seem to come, come out from the beginning, be more fully formed, that there was less sort of setup you had to do so while we talked about traditionally with, with DevOps, as we talked about this culture, it's the most important thing, because if your culture doesn't change, then it doesn't matter how many great tools you have because they're gonna languish because people won't, won't right, have right, right. But to your point, okay, so you got all these people who are raring to go and they, they understand the new way and they're looking forward to working together. But if they can't make Kubernetes work, they're out there and yeah, it yeah. hurt. So it is, it is that balancing act. Yeah, no, you need both of them, right? Like, like to, to repeat what you're saying, if you have, uh, I don't know, you're like in whatever the right column of the West, Westeros corporate Westeri Rorschach thing is, 
you know, like, the, you've got the bureaucratic, like, and, and then you've got, like, whatever one's in the middle of the... Is this a 1984 reference? Yeah, it's, it's the, the Westerum thing. It's the all the big DevOps rewards, right? Okay. So let's say you've got the good generative culture, okay. right? And then let's say your tools are crap. Mm -hmm. Like, it doesn't matter, right? Like, you've got right. this generative culture that everything, they're, they're all pulling the right way, they've got all the characteristics, and then it's like, all right, now let's do this stuff. And you're like, well... We've got to go to the train and tell us how to fill out the tickets correctly to uh, get a server, right? So that's my point is that like, you can't dismiss culture and you can't dismiss technology. Like you need both of them. And if one of them is bad, including the technology, then the other one is irrelevant, right? Like, like you could have, for example, I mean, my little joke is always like, you can have great technology and all that gets you is this blinking cursor, right? right. You still need to do something uh, with it. So uh, anyhow. That's, that's why it's good to like figure out like, don't get over fixated on just one of those other things of the, the continuously uh, swaying thing go like this. Right. And does that work? Yeah, no, I think that makes sense. You can't have one without the other. And I think, yeah, I don't know, back to that technical gravity, if that tends to be the natural uh, pull of, of, or natural swing of, of uh, culture versus technology, that tends to be the, the 60 to the 40 or the 70 to the 30, but whatever it is, you still can't have it without the, the other component. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and it may be attached to that is like, it's really easy to stop talking with your customer, right? And like, like whether you're an application developer or operations person or, or whatever layer, like that's why I try to always emphasize, like, like, what is your business? Like, what is it that your organization does? Who is the customer that you work indirectly and directly with? How do you make things better for them, right? And like, every single, like, at least in the area that we're talking about, every single, like, I don't know if the person who like, you know, orders the uh, Xerox paper, you know? Well, I don't know, they can do whatever they like, right? But like, you know, you always have to know, like, I don't like that whole, like, you have to know your why, because sort of like, also, I need to breathe regularly. Like, you know, but like, you need to know why you're doing this. Like, who is the customer for it? And like, I think what happens a lot is, is whether you're building a technology or you're perfecting the culture, like, it's easy to kind of lose track of the customer or the outcome. And so you always got to go check back on them and be like, so we made this generative culture. Uh, is it like, selling more stuff, right? Like, is it working? And like, is it, is it making it easier for uh, Barton to file their, his taxes, right? Like, you know, you've always got to go back and make sure that whoever your customer is, that like you're actually making things better for them, regardless of how great you're doing, right? Yeah, that's the, that's the whole idea of this being an infinite loop. There is no stasis. You can't say, we got the requirements, they're, we're done. We'll talk to you in another 10 years because things happen to you. Right, this is this clear continuous feedback loop that is so important, whether you do the full-blown DevOps model or not, that in itself is, is a, something simple, but something very important to realize that things are always moving. You want to be, as you say, checking back with your customers, checking back and, and seeing what they're needing. And that's a, in a simple example, uh, consumer goods, you're obviously always taking track of what kind of scents are important for uh, Shampoos or what kind of what sure. they're dentifrice, as they say, toothpaste. 
how those are trending. Uh, one of the things in toothbrushes, man, they have so many different bells and whistles they keep coming up with. You would never think of not continuously checking with those customers. Right, right, right. But maybe say on the, within IT, you say, hey, God, I know what the developers want. I'm good. But that changes. And you also need their learning as you go as well. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, toothbrushes are uh, a fun analogy, right? Because it, 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 uh, it almost seems like, you know, capitalism gone amok. It's like, how many types of toothbrushes do we really need? Yeah, like $9 for a toothbrush? I mean, it's just, I mean, it's crazy. I was in uh, oral care at Johnson & Johnson. I did uh, uh, the dental floss. You don't have to floss them all, just the ones you want to keep. $100 million brand, and this was like 20 years ago. Uh, it's crazy. So yes, but you always do have to stay up with right, that. Right, right. And, 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 and people, John, capitalism run amok, as you say, because people, whether people need it or not, there's always this differentiation that they seem to be seeking, some of which is warranted, some of which is just, let's throw something out there and maybe people will buy it. Toothbrushes that have three heads that you know that spin. Right, right, right. Exactly. And, you know, you want to experiment, try new things out, and explore it, and get feedback. And if it works, do more of it. That's always a good idea if something works in your business. And if like it doesn't work, then like stop doing it. Right? And so, but it is getting that loop in place where you uh, you're making sure all the way down to the infrastructure and operation stuff. Like, is the stuff working out? Is it good? And in order to answer that question, you've got to know who the customer is with like. Is it making the application developers' jobs better? And then when you make their jobs better, the actual in the customer of the business, the end user, as you say, that they should be improving as well. And I think that part of the Agile manifesto and, and part of the de DevOps ethos is the quick feedback loops, right? So that yeah. you're, you're not putting out big uh, deployments, but you have things in bits so you can do quick rollbacks. So I think that would be one of the big differences between that and the toothbrush market is to get the toothbrush out there, get it in yeah. place at Walmart, et cetera. That's a lot trickier because you have it all the way out there and you're pretty far extended and made pretty big investment. And in the past, people have done that with workflow deployments or things where you had to spend two years on it to get it anywhere. But with the idea with DevOps and with Agile, it's let's get, let's get this loop quicker so that we don't, a, we don't make any mistakes we can't pull back, and B, we're, we're able to match the needs of the customers. Yeah, yeah. Go on. Well, let, let's see if I can make this statement without having it be like just like uh, useless. But like, I think the traditional way, which is to say the current way of thinking about operation stuff, is that you build what you can, right? Like, like you have you have this stuff and you build up what what is possible, right? Whereas like. What you were just describing there is like, instead, you should build like, kind of like what you need in, in the sense of like, what we want to be able to do is we want to be able to deploy our software every week. So let's work back from there. That's the goal that we have, right? And so like, I, you know, I know that sounds ludicrous, but like, tell me, and I don't, this is someone talking to the operations people, right? Like, what is it that you would need to support that? Right? And like, I know with our current way of thinking about stuff and the infrastructure we do, it just seems ludicrous kind of like installing some big packaged application. But like, there are many companies and organizations that manage to do this. So I know it's possible, right? And so like, what do we need to do to get to the point where we can safely deploy and run our software like every week? And like, 
let's start from there, right? Like, never mind all this nonsense, like, not nonsense, but like all the constraints and the problems that we have over here, like, and, but that's what it is, I think, to build a platform, like, start with that goal in mind, not with, not with like, well, we have all this stuff and we can build stuff with it, right? Like, maybe that stuff you have, like, is useful, right? And so you need to come up, that's why you're building a new platform instead of just like, you know, like, for example, you could be like, ah, we got all these computers and uh, we're just gonna install Kubernetes on them. And then we're gonna have a Kubernetes uh, cluster up and running uh, and it's gonna be great. And then we'll have that. So we built this thing. And then, and then a good test is to be like, all right, so how, how would a developer get a cluster? And then sometimes the answer is like, oh, well, they need to file a ticket. Then you need to be like, no, 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 no. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I think we've lost track of what's going on here, right? So again, I think it's good to start with that angle of like, start way up here, we want to deploy our software every week. What does that imply and work back from there? Is that working up? Right, and then, and then work forward in, in incremental ways because you're not gonna say, this is where we want to be, so let's throw everything out that we have and let's buy new everything right, right, to right. get it going. Is that you say, once again, you've got your roadmap, this is where we need to be, this is what we've got. Let's slowly start replacing things, let's figure out how we can use what we have uh, a modified versions of that to support the new system. Because um, otherwise it's, it's, it's a loss in, in uh, expenditure, um, uh, capital expenditure, and also you're, you don't quite know how to use the new things, and I think it would be, it would be madness. Yeah, yeah. So start small on some projects, find your customer, yep. just experiment, try things out, and, uh, you know, I'll, I'll always uh, consult with the, the customers that you have, see how that's working out, and uh, do stuff to help them. And I should say, for both our respective companies, if you want to buy everything brand new, that, that, that is totally cool. Too. Yes, exactly. In fact, I'll put a link in here that uh, that directly uses sales for us, and yeah, sales tickets that you can form and, and, and buy it. file a ticket. Yes, exactly. So, well, with that, Michael Cote, it's been a pleasure as always. I think uh, I've learned something from here. I go bar. Our viewers. I've learned a lot from YouTube. Listen, and oh, stop it some more. Uh, and, on that, and on that note, uh, signing out from DevOps Days, Dallas, Fort Worth, number five. Bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode. What I want you to do now is go to springone.io and check out the conference we have coming up December 6th and 8th. I've got a discount code when you register. You can use Kote200 to get, yes, $200 off. Now at that conference, we're going to be going over software development, agile software development practices and culture, case studies of organizations that are getting better at software, and all that operation stuff. DevOpsy things, SRE, whatever. All the stuff that comes with operating and providing stacks you've built on top of Kubernetes. Platform as a service, like the Tanzu application service. Stuff like that. Overall, it's focused on how organizations are getting better at software. Just kind of fun stuff like that. If you're into that kind of thing. Anyhow, when you go to springone.io and you register, you can use the discount code KOTE200 to get $200 off. Hopefully I'll see you there. Bye-bye.